Another week has rushed by and it's time to review that week on the Sourced Week in Review podcast. My name's Michael Crutcher, Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hello, Michael. It's sort of gone quick. It has. It has really gone quick. We're almost at the end of May. I know. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Hamish's birthday today too. Oh, really? So it's the, We're getting towards the back end of the family birthdays. Yeah, okay. Which is good. Because it's, uh, it's a long list. Do you free up for a while then for the run into Christmas? Uh, we've still got uh, two to go. We've okay. got a 21st to come. Oh, wow. Middle of next month. Okay. And then, of course, the youngest fellow in August. This will be big. It will be big if he, um, if he decided to get off his ass and uh, start planning it. But you've been organising Bucks parties, so you should be ripe oh, to I just know. go and organise this one too. Oh, I know. You should flick of the wrist. It should be you've done. got the whole system down. can't be bothered either. <laughs> <laughs> can't be bothered. 21st. There you go. I know. Feels like a while ago. Oh, well, happy birthday, Hamish. Um, shout out to Alan Roebuck. Yes. He of the Ipswich Today podcasts. Mm-hmm. Excellent podcast that Alan does. He was a... Very good media manager too, Alan. One of the best around. That's good. Back in my days in media. Okay. He set us a task this week about a little change to LinkedIn that seems to have come up and we've been doing our very best to solve this, but Alan seems to be very much on the money about the way that LinkedIn shows its data going from potentially from raw numbers to percentages, which makes it a bit harder to mm. know. So. Good sleuthing, Alan. Well played. Very. Thank you for the heads up on that. We'll keep an eye on that one. Now, big news this week, Jordan. The email that has been sent to Netflix users around the country. This is big in the sense that we flagged this before. Yes. But maybe the good times are over. What does the email say? Yeah, look, it's game over for the password sharers, uh, I'm afraid. So starting yesterday, Netflix started uh, sending out emails to 103 countries, the remaining, it would assume, um, including Australia, of course, and it explains that a Netflix account is strictly for one household only. So Netflix is going to ask you to set a home location for your Netflix account now and we'll note your device or device's IP address uh, that connects to that location. So that anyone that logs in outside of that location or a different IP address, they're going to get tossed out and prompted to sign up. I know, I know. So the email sent out uh, starting yesterday, you may not get it. It's a fair uh, wraparound of an email. It's got to go 103 (laughs) countries. It's a big mailchimp mail out. Yes. it pretty much explains that the households who don't mind password sharing beyond this point have two options really. You can either transfer the profile that exists and give it to the person who's been sharing. That way they can set up their own account with all their preferences so they're not starting from scratch again. Or you can be friendly and generous and you can uh, opt to pay an extra seven ninety nine per month uh, to add an extra member to your existing plan, seven ninety nine a month. Seven ninety nine a month. Mm. Yep, which is you know getting up there because Netflix isn't that cheap on its own no, already. No. But uh, Australia was supposed to see this uh, this change probably two months ago, 
uh, were, but there were delays uh, for Netflix there. It's it's uh, it's a pretty sad day for, especially for those who might have just moved out of home mm. for the first time. And yes, sort of still clinging on to that last comfort of mum and dad's Netflix. Uh, yes. that's uh, that's soon to be gone. Yeah, it feels like the days for me when sports bookmakers really started flooding the internet and giving out all these offers to get clients and there are all these outrageous free bet offers and sign on bonuses and then all of a sudden they disappeared when everyone started to wind them back and when they did i remember someone on social media saying it seems as though the party's still going but the free beer and the free food has been taken away it's gone good analogy but it seems for this, it's just a, a matter of time. We've spoken before about the challenges for streaming services because the, you know, the, the competition is genuine and when you've seen the catalogue, you've seen the catalogue and we've mentioned that before and Netflix is probably the most used streaming service of them all. We know oh, it certainly, is. Certainly, yeah. So I guess the challenge for Netflix now it will be about producing new content. Like how much can it produce? It's going to be really um, something that it can try to get new users because we looked at those stats and they're very important to get new users or to retain existing users. But now I haven't got my Netflix email yet. I've searched my I email. haven't got mine either yet. I'm we sure it's coming. At the back end of the MailChimp 103 yeah. country mail out list. Lower priority, I guess. So, But I did, I did get an email from uh, Netflix this week about <laughs> a new show. Oh yeah, it's a new show. So, they, and they thought I'd like it. What was it? It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger series called Fubar. F U B A R. Now, here's the interesting part. Netflix describes the plot of this Arnie series as, and I quote: "When a father and daughter discover they both secretly work for the CIA, an already dicey undercover mission turns into a dysfunctional family affair." And I thought, okay, oh. where have I heard that before when it comes to Arnold Schwarzenegger? And, of course, True Lies, and I quote from the plot of True Lies, as Film Jabber described it, for years Harry Tasker, Arnie's, Arnie's character, has been leading a double life. His family thinks he's a salesman. His wife thinks he's boring, but in reality he's one of the most highly trained spies in the world. Yeah, and, right. of course, in that movie... His wife also joins the CIA. Yeah. So here we go, FUBAR, everything yeah. old is new again. You question the intelligence of these guys if neither of them realise they're in the CIA in the same house, hey? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You wonder. Why are they not picking this stuff up? Oh, look, you'd probably watch it for a little bit just to check it out. You can't be a good uh, spy, though, if you can't pick up your daughter's also a spy. Oh, yeah, dad. I know. Yeah, I'm not sure how that goes on, but... Well, there it is. It'll be an explosive dysfunctional family affair, and Netflix hopes it'll keep people on. I'm sure it will. Now, this week, Jordan has been a big week of media brawling. Massive week of media brawling. Is this is this the pending rant? It's a bit of a rant. A little bit of a rant. Oh, okay. I just remembered something I wanted to mention too. There, you've got me going. <laughs> now we've had News Corp. Now News Corp is the owner of the likes of the Daily Telegraph, okay, Foxtel, Fox Sports, Binge, among many others, mm-hmm. and the ABC, who've been fighting for a fair while. This is one of their biggest brawls ever, um, sparked by the ABC's coverage of the King's coronation, yeah, the coronation recently, yeah. and it's also in this brawl with nine uh, with. Uh, News Corp and ABC's featured a few kidney punches from the Nine Group. Okay. Which is home of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. So 
media fights aren't unusual and I was involved in a few in my time, so I'm no saint in this regard. But they're starting to reach a level now that I think is becoming just a waste of time. The ABC turned part of its appearance before a Senate estimates hearing yesterday into slagging off uh, News Corp's coverage of the ABC, so getting quite worked up about this. Yep. The Sydney Morning Herald and The Age uh, followed in behind the ABC this morning with an article supportive of their take on this, which I don't even know why the readers of The Herald or The Age would care that much. But anyway, it's there. So you get the feeling that if news in the ABC were in a schoolyard fight, that uh, The Herald and The Age would be sort of throwing rocks at news from the sidelines, something like that, I don't okay. know. Yeah, um, they're, they're quite good friends. But the problem about media brawls, apart from how boring they can be, is twofold. All media outlets get things wrong. They all do. Yep. Okay, so that's the nature of media outlets. Sometimes they get them wrong deliberately. So sometimes it's just a mistake. And that includes the ABC as well. They're, they're, even though they're classified as one of the most trusted organisations in the country for media, they still get things wrong. Yep. So... Media fighting media, there's going to be endless ways to do that. But the other thing is, and we speak about this a lot, mainstream media in Australia really is in a fight for its sustainable future. We talk about the numbers of the struggles and the ABC's protected from this because of its its government funding. But yep. those without the government funding, just trying to keep newsrooms sustainable. So when you're doing that, what you probably want is to have some sort of feeling that Media is good, and it is. Media does so many good things mm-hmm. in in our country. Admittedly, yeah, it does some things that aren't great either, but it does a lot of good stuff. But when you come to criticism of media, there are no bigger critics of the media than the media themselves. Yes. They really do smash themselves. They continually point out the failings of their rivals, sometimes legitimately, sometimes ridiculously, but they are just critical all the time. And in the end... Consumers either grow tired of it and or they believe it. So I don't know where it's going to go, but I am fascinated. Next Thursday, June 1, is the date that a decision will be handed down in the defamation trial of Victoria Cross winner Ben Robert Smith in his action against the Nine Entertainment Group. So that date's now been... Now, it's about, I think, from memory, the, the hearing finished in June last year, June or July. It's been a long, drawn-out Yeah, It was about of 100 days that hearing was. Wow. 100 days. So the estimates that I'm seeing in reports that have come out are that costs, if there are costs awarded in this matter, those costs, just costs alone, not damages, if it's deemed to be damages, will be about $25 million. Whoa. So this is a massive... Judgment, Gee, I think, is. for media next Thursday. So keep an eye on that. When we do our next week in review, yes. next week we'll know what the judge thought of this. Now, there's ramifications on both sides of this here and all media outlets will be sitting there watching to see what the decision is. So keep an eye on that next Thursday. Now, Jordan, AI. We've got like a little blitz of AI stories here. I know. I was looking through all the notes uh, and stories from the week that we'd gathered and, and there was so much AI news that I thought we needed to give it a, a designated segment almost. A little, we could have a little sting for it, something, a little bit of music for AI stories. Yeah, yeah. Maybe get some AI to make this sting. <laughs> yeah, we could. Let's not Fitting do it ourselves. That's actually a part of the story <laughs> in this collection of AI stories, but... I wanted to start off with a, an interesting one, particularly if you're a steak lover, which I'm hoping you are at least. Absolutely. Of course. Most so definitely. 
the Australian agricultural technology company MEQ, I'm, I've never heard of it until uh, today, but they've designed a smartphone app called MEQ Camera and it uses your camera to scan and analyse your steak's marbling. Oh, really? Yes. So the analysis will deliver a score based on the marbling and fat colour and it gives meat processors confidence in the objective assessment of their meat and gives meat consumers like us reassurance that we're getting what we expected. Uh, so the app was officially unveiled yesterday at the Ooh. Australian's Global Food Forum. I have yet to download it or explore it, but I'm very interested. So you could stand around having a barbecue with friends and you could just have your phone there and you could yeah. be talking all things marbling. Hypothetically, you could be invited over. Your mate's gone, I've, I've splurged eight, eight, uh, eight plus marble wagyu and you just put your phone up. That's four. Yes, you That's could. That's four. Oh, it's going to be ruined the whole on. day, though. It would too. The whole day is ruined there. Repercussions, right? Well, that's AI story number one. Yes. AI story number two is about the attitude of Australian workplaces to Chat GPT. Yes, and other similar software. So there was an interesting story in the Australian this week that some. Bigger companies, the likes of Samsung, Dexas, are among those who have banned AI, have banned ChatGPT or their ilk from workplaces. Now, one of the main reasons is fears from some of these employers that maybe when employees are using ChatGPT or the like to help them in their work, they will give away some confidential information. Right. Which could be hoovered up by those running these organisations. So, look, a few different um, attitudes towards it, some people not responding, but also interesting that there was a story in the Wall Street Journal during the week that said that a leaked document from Apple reportedly outlined the company's fear of staff sharing sensitive data with uh, OpenAI from yeah, ChatBTT yeah. and companies uh, were told not to use ChatGPT or to get code from um, Microsoft's co-pilot either. So let's see where that goes. Now, number three AI story, Jordan. This is one that's pretty uh, much in your backyard, this one. Yeah, no, this one interested me a fair bit. It involves Universal Music, Spotify and AI all in one. So the, the music streaming and AI are essentially going to come together in this, in this story. So Universal Music Group is teaming up with a Berlin-based AI startup called Endel. Uh, it's an unexpected move, but Universal will use Endel's AI technology to start creating background soundscapes for activities like sleeping, relaxing, Ooh. and focus. Focus? Uh, yes. Right. Yep. So it's it's like a it's essentially like a truce in the battle between AI and music, um, acknowledging that maybe working together might just be the better play. Mm. Um, Universal wants to tap into that booming functional music market, and that's what that is—the sleep, relaxation, and focus. The functional the functional mu music market. Yes, because uh, it garners a whopping ten billion streams per month. Really? Yes. Functional music. So by releasing the soothing versions of popular artists' albums... Soothing versions. They could enhance the star's power and avoid rubbing off, uh, robbing them of royalties. So Endel, on the other hand, gets access to the full catalogue uh, that's Universal's music library. 
Uh, and it's a collaboration that will show how music companies can embrace the AI while respecting the involvement of human artists. So I'm fascinated by these soothing versions of popular artists. Yeah, I thought the same. So could you have like a soothing sleep track version of Enter Sandman by Metallica, for instance? Yes. Yeah, they've already done an album. I can't remember the artist, but they've already completed a soothing version of one of the uh, artist's albums on Universal. They have access to all the stems so they can just pretty much just convert everything to ambience. Really? I imagine it's just become something like that. I don't know. Have a listen to well, it. Well, I'm looking forward to there'd be a few slaughters there, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine so. Now, AI story number four mm-hmm. and final for this week. The Commonwealth Bank is using AI, according to the Australian Financial Review, The bank's call centres are using a generative AI model, inverted commas, to help staff answer complex customer questions like how much is in my account, where did that money go? (laughs) And it's helping 7,000 software engineers write better code. That's a lot of software engineers. Yeah. Now, the bank says, a spokesman says, this technology has the potential to be quite transformational This is a space that has changed quite dramatically over the last six months, as we do know. But banks do remain cautious about spooking their customers and they want more government regulation to guide applications. Right. Well, that's good because, yeah, governments are always really fast to regulate quick-moving technology. Yeah, it'd be great if they were a bit quicker. I do agree that we need to regulate it, but I can completely see the... uh the sense in, in the banks using this to, to make their work more efficient. Just sure. don't want to give over your passcode when you're using No, that. as long as you restrict it to just answering questions, you don't want to give away personal information. But the coding thing in particular, I've found very useful. Uh, there's um, I use After Effects a fair bit for work in the videos. I'm doing the animation for a client of ours at the moment. Um, and you're constantly encountering errors that uh, pop up so there's actually a chat GPT version that sits inside the specific program yeah, right. and reads and you can go oh, I need to do this and it will write the script for you put it in and you can just trial and error it the oh, whole time wow. it's very impressive so it's very helpful totally get the appeal there you go that's very good to hear now I feel like we're returning to the past here with Apple unveiling a VR headset. What is going on with Apple yes. and VR headsets? Yeah, they're gearing up for the launch of its highly anticipated VR headset at its um, upcoming Worldwide Developers Conference, which is next month. So the device is uh, described as revolutionary and it's possibly going to be named Apple Reality or Reality Pro. It's also expected to offer users an immersive experience through virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality applications. Lots of VR, AR, MR. Yes. Lots of R's. Lots of R's. Uh, there's one more, though. With uh, small, high-definition screens inside the headset, users will be able to dive into virtual worlds where they'll overlay virtual images onto the real world through a camera lens or a camera feed, I should say. The combination, here it is, of VR, AR and MR is collectively known as extended reality or XR. (laughs) Really? I'm not kidding. And the headset is rumoured to run on the new operating system XROS. Oh, XROS? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's expected to support various apps from your Apple devices, so your FaceTime messages, Apple TV and all the rest. But there is a catch... 
the uh, the first version's got a pretty pretty high price tag, costing around three thousand Australian dollars. They reckon three grand, which far exceeds the price that Australians are prepared to pay for at the moment, according oh, to a yeah. survey. The survey said we're we're looking at maybe seven thirty three on average. To get a taste of the AR, VR, AMR, bloody XR, whatever it is, experience. Um, but they do predict that in the following year, so 2024, Apple will bring out a more consumer-friendly and affordable version. That's what I hope so, because I don't see many of us forking out 3K for one. No. Um, but yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see what Apple does with this. Uh, it'd be their first real entry into the AR sort of market. Um, and who knows, it could unlock true potential the same way its iPhone did, what, 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm still not convinced. We've seen headsets around for a while now. We have, but I don't know. I don't know if they've been properly integrated. I've never seen the appeal. Maybe if it's angled properly, it might be. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't need it. No, well, I've used uh, one of them. I forget what the brand is. It was quite a good brand because uh, Dash... The yeah. Oculus, wasn't it? Yeah, the Oculus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pretty sure that's Facebook as well. Yeah, so Dash mm. got Oculus, but really after an initial burst. That's it. Novelty it wears off, doesn't it? Yeah, and he showed me, like I put on the Oculus and at one stage I'm sitting in a room mm. and I'm watching a TV on the wall. It's like, it's like a log cabin type room and – or sitting in a nice couch there and watching the TV on the wall, which was showing me Netflix, right? So it was showing me episodes on Netflix on this. Your actual Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Okay. On this VR wall. Okay. But then when I took the headset off, I could just watch Netflix on the TV. Yeah. Anyway. That's it. See, I don't get it either. Yeah. I I, I I don't get it. I'm just waiting for... VR to really take off and for three grand someone else can try it before me. But metaverse as well. It's the VR. We keep talking about VR yeah. and metaverse and when are they going to really take off. We just seem to be in this holding pattern at the moment. Yeah. They, they haven't really, you know, like, and we discussed tablet computers, iPads and so forth, never really got like mass consumption, mm. you know, as, as – as smartphones got bigger in size and got so easy to use, it sort of competed against the tablets. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I think the NBA is doing doing it right. I think when sport gets involved in the in the the AR VR experience, it'll be good. NBA is actually building a section in their uh, crowds who are trying to, which is VR solely and so they'll give courtside or near courtside experiences yes, for watching so, games. So last season or the season's still going mm. but uh, i know that there was like a one game a week yeah. that you could watch through the oculus okay now i haven't watched those but they're supposed to be like you're sitting in yeah. the front row yeah i've seen footage of it but i've never done it and you turn your head and mm. you're seeing the action so i mean that could really be something but it's got to got to move on and do it you know pretty quickly at a cheaper price too now we discussed how many of these over the years social media Mimics. Yes. What's this one about? Yes, Instagram seems to be working on possibly the next big social media sensation. So according to some leaked marketing slides, Instagram's currently designing a Twitter-like version of itself. 
So the app is currently referred to as Instagram's new tech-based app for conversations, which is quite a lengthy name. It is. And uh, it's all in quotations <laughs> too, so that is a working name, and goes by code names P92 or Barcelona. Okay. Couldn't um, connect either one there, but yeah. it is what it is. So users will be able to sign in using their existing Instagram accounts and all their followers, their handle, their bio, verification, etc. It'll all carry over from the main Instagram app and the difference with this app is the app will feature a feed where users can create text posts, very similar to Twitter, up to 500 characters long, accompanied by links, photos and videos. And based on the leaked shots, the leaked screenshots, pardon me, the app appears to be a blend of Instagram and Twitter with some moderation tools already in place from the start. Notably, the text app will embrace the decentralization too, uh, which is becoming an emerging trend with any new social media coming up by being compatible with certain other apps like Mastodon, which is another uh, decentralized social media platform. Um, which allows users to, you know, go across whilst in this new version, search yep. Mastodon and connect that way without any hassles. Um, so if this is widely released, the text-based Instagram uh, app could uh, just become a popular destination for those seeking a platform for, for tweet-like updates, I suppose. Uh, and it offers an existing... In, it offers existing Instagram users a pretty seamless transition yeah. to without the need to re-establish your followings and your friends again. Um, yeah, so I must admit, after after seeing the story, I I reckon uh, if Elon took it seriously enough, I'm sure he's a little bit anxious about how it's going to mm. unfold. Um, I see the appeal straight away. You know, Facebook's news feed's gone absolute rubbish. It's decided it wanted to mimic or become more TikTok. What no good? No, it's rubbish. The news feed's gone to absolute rubbish. You can't see anything you want to see. It's all suggested content. Um, so I'm. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I don't check it either. Yeah, yeah. Instagram was great uh, when it was chronological. I wish they'd bring that back and make it more effective. Well, that's one thing Twitter does do. It's that's it. Chronological. If you take the following button, not that's the for it. you. But I think the key to all this is the tone of it. Because Twitter is a cesspit. We've said it a lot. That's it. It's in a place where lots of abuse is hurled. So be interested to see the Instagram copy version here to see if they can control that. Now, Jordan, at the end of our podcast, we usually look at the celebrity mags, but we're not doing it this weekend because they're pretty much the same as last weekend and the weekend before in which there's a lot of uh, raw family tensions. Yeah. So um, yeah. we'll... we'll Look again next week. Although there's one story that did intrigue me on the cover of one of them. I can't remember what it was. A rift in the Von Trapp family exposed. The Von Trapp family. Yes, for those who watch The Sound of Music. Goodness. I don't know if it refers to the real Von Trapp family or the movie family. I, didn't. I watched The Sound of Music once and didn't watch it a second time. Yeah, okay. Did you watch it? I've seen it at least once or twice. Really? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, I did the once and that sort of uh, crossed mm. it off the list. But you like Titanic for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of singing in that, in that movie. Yeah, a lot of singing. I'm not into the singing um, movies. Shan is. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, there's some exposure there. Now, what's the weekend hold for you? Well, today I've got to jet off 
to Bundaberg. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, not jet. I'm driving. Right. Yeah, so I've got to get in the car shortly and start the commute. Some four to five hours worth of driving. Good town. Yeah, it might be my first time, Bundaberg. Okay. Good yeah, town, so Bundy. Looking forward to that. We've got to do some work up there Saturday night on the music side of things. Okay. Um, but yeah, about you? I'm going back to Rockhampton this weekend. Oh, back to Rocky. Back to Rocky about... Ten days after I left there, there's a footy game up there, the Mighty Devils against the high-flying Capras. Okay. Good chance for the Devils to or had a win last weekend. So we'll see what happens this weekend. And, of course, Monday is the finale, the forever finale of Succession. Is that right? The, and I, I really need to get back on. I'm up to speed. So I will be looking forward to the forever finale of Succession. And then, as I said, next Thursday, the Ben Robert Smith defamation case. It's a big week coming up. It is. Enjoy it. You too.